Welcome to The Way Church. We're glad you're joining us for today's message. For sermon notes, service times, and more information, check us out online at thewaychurchva.com. Now let's join Pastor Matt Rothy with this week's message. Let's talk about things expected and things unexpected. Here's one. Back in the day when I was a young man and I had no kids, I never thought that ever in my life that I would ever be, no matter what, as long as I lived, one of those parents. You know, one of those parents that are always talking about their kids. And yet, quite unexpectedly, quite suddenly, I will fully admit, I am one of those parents. I'm proud of my sons. I'm proud of my boys. I love my boys. And I love them. I'm proud of them, whether they are doing something that is helpful and kind, or they are running continuous, endless laps around the island in our kitchen. I'm proud of them. I love them, whether they are doing something that is truly independent, something that their mother and I have taught them, maybe to go to the bathroom on their own, to put their shoes and their jackets on by themselves. And I'm proud of them when they're completely dependent and they come running to their mommy and daddy because they're scared or they're in pain. I'm proud of my sons. I love my sons. And though it was somewhat unexpected to me, well, you can expect it. I'm going to talk about my sons. I'm going to talk about them in the first five minutes of the conversation that we have. And yes, I'm going to try to be socially and self-aware so that I'm not the kind of parent you dread talking to. I'm going to try to pick up the hints that you give to me so that I'm not actually one of those parents that is talking about their children all the time. And yet speaking of things expected and things quite unexpected, I guess you can expect that I'm going to talk about my sons. I'm one of those parents. You know what else you can expect? Your heavenly father is one of those parents also. He talks about his son every chance that he can get. In fact, when you open up your Bibles, when you turn to his word, and that's what you're doing, you're listening to your heavenly father's voice speak to you as you read it from cover to cover He's talking about his son. The Old Testament points ahead to him. The Gospels are all about him. Everything in the New Testament points back to him or points to his coming again. Everything is all about him. In fact, that might be somewhat unexpected for some of you. He doesn't just talk about his son a lot. Everything, and I mean everything, is all about his son. Expect that. God's your God. He's always talking about his son. You might say, no, no, Pastor Matt. I've read the Bible. I know what it says. And God's word, it, it talks about me. It talks about the plans that God has for my life. It talks about the purpose that God has for my life. It talks about my life and the things that God wants me to do and the things that I shouldn't do. 
Not quite. Yes, God does talk about the plans that he has for your life, but they're plans that he has for your life because of the work of his son. God does talk about the purpose that he has for your life, but your purpose is to glorify his son. Yes, God does talk about things that he wants you to do and not do in your life, but all of it, his only care, his only concern is that it reflects the love his son showed you. Maybe you're shocked. Maybe it came a little unexpected that, well, God, his word, his voice, the things he talks about, it's not necessarily about you. But what I want to tell you this morning, what God, your father, wants to tell you this morning is that it's better that way. Because by him talking about his son all of the time, ceaselessly, silently, silently, perhaps unexpectedly, you can expect wondrous gifts to be given from God to you through his son. So if God does talk about his son so much, we'd be wise to pay attention to what he says about him. And that's what Isaiah's prophecy from chapter 11 of the book of Isaiah does for this morning. Unsurprisingly, God talks a lot about his son in these verses. And what he does, he, he answers four questions. Four questions that people have had, people have today, and they will always have about God's son. Who is he? What does he do? What are the results of his work? And perhaps most applicable to you, why does it matter? Why does it matter and what does the results mean for me? This is Isaiah chapter 11. It's the word of your Lord, the word of your Lord in whom there is full redemption and unfailing love. Let's read the first verse. God through his prophet Isaiah says this, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. All right, two quick questions because maybe that's a little unexpected. I thought we were talking about Jesus, not Jesse. The two questions, who is Jesse and why does he have a stump? Well, first, Jesse is nothing but an ordinary shepherd man from Bethlehem. He also happens to be the father to several sons, but one of them, was a boy named David. And so Jesse was there when he actually called in David from the fields and watched as David was anointed and appointed the king over all of Israel. It was Jesse who sent this David to go to the front lines of Israel's battle between the Philistines. And there, later on, he would know that his son defeated the giant Goliath. Who's Jesse? Jesse is the father of the shepherd boy turned into giant slayer and eventually king of all of Israel. And it is to King David that the Lord promised that he would set up a dynasty, that David's royal line would endure forever and ever. Always there would be a son of Jesse, a son of David, seated on the throne as Israel. But David's dynasty... It only lasted 400 years. It's a long time, but it's not forever. 
And the reason why is because as sons and kings in the family tree of David and Jesse branched off further from David, well, they branched off further from God. And that answers our second question of why Jesse has a stump named after him. It's because God looked at these kings, these sons of Jesse, these sons of David that rejected him and as kings took the people of Israel further and further away from him. And so God got out his righteous acts of judgment and he chopped them down. He looked at the people of Israel who had lost their focus, who had took their eyes off the king of kings and lord of lords and focused it on the kings such as David, the dynasty and the prosperity and the protection that came from them. But notice what I said, that Israel lost their focus on God. I didn't say that they abandoned him absolutely. In fact, there's even times throughout Israel's history where as a nation, as a whole, occasionally, they all came back to him they lost their focus on him. They lost their focus on God and they instead focused on the help and the hope, the health and the wealth, the righteousness and the justice that came from other characters, other kings instead of God. So God chopped them off, completely axed them, Could God, would God do that today? Speaking of things unexpected, a happy thing. This past week, my wife and my sons, they they discovered that actually just down the street from us, there is a fantastic light display in one of our neighbor's front yards. Check it out. It looks like this. There are tons of characters all in the front yard. And not to make this all about my sons, but what else would a one and a three-year-old love in a Christmas display? Tons and tons of characters. So they drove past it first and they couldn't wait to take me and show me about all the characters that were in the front yard. And so this week, we actually went on several walks, all of them past this house. And the first time that we did, it was a lot of fun to stand there and just watch my sons, not again to make this all about them, but watch them run back and forth between all of these characters and say, mommy, look, here's Snoopy. Daddy, look, here's R2-D2. Look, here's a Santa. Here's a big Santa. Here's another Santa. Here's a Santa on a crane. Here's a giraffe. And just watch them running back and forth between all these characters. As I did, I saw something, well, that was rather unexpected. There in the middle of the yard was a sign. Right in the center, it said, keep Christ in Christmas. I thought, how great is that? How cool is that? That someone in this post-Christian society that we live in would put that sign front and center. And as I looked at it, I, I noticed something else that was rather unexpected. Right next to that sign was Santa, bowing down, and he was bowing down to the baby Jesus in a manger. I thought, how cool. How cool that someone would put in a central display Christ. But to be honest with you, as you look at the front yard, 
Jesus is barely noticeable. And that got me thinking. It got me thinking about the way many modern Christians celebrate Christmas and the way Israel made a mistake and, well, lost their focus and their spiritual condition. We lose our focus. We lose our focus on Christ. And notice I didn't say that we completely, absolutely abandon Christ. After all, we're Christians. We know the reason for the season. In fact, maybe you would even say that Christ is the central figure in your Christmas celebration. But is there other characters that shine brighter and are bigger? Is it a lot like on my neighbor's front yard? Where yes, Jesus is there, but he's not the first face that delights us when we wake up. He's not the first thing that fills our heart with joy when we go to sleep at night. And so this season that's all about Christ, for even Christians, well, Christmas is Christ-less. You think about the season, the end of the year, there's so much going on at work, in our jobs, there's deadlines, there's pressure, there's things going on. So could it be that the character that looms largest in your life, it's not Jesus, it's probably your boss or your coworkers. Think about the year that we had. There's so much that has happened, so much that isn't peace-filled, so much to do with a pandemic that, hey, finally, we have a time of year where there's something familiar, there's something we can hang our hats on. And so we sing the familiar carols and we warm ourselves with the sentiments of peace on earth and mercy mild. But we forget all about the next line. That it's peace on earth and, and mercy mild because God and sinners are reconciled through Christ. We get after the long list of presents that we get to, that we can buy for our loved ones. We spend our time taking in packages inside of our home, sent from grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles and Amazon. And we page through books looking for the perfect gift to get the people we love most. But we spend almost no time paging through the book that tells us about the most wonderful gift that Christ gives. It's a busy time of year. There's one party after another. Maybe it's for work, maybe it's for family. Maybe it's trying to figure out how you're gonna do this celebration or this obligation online or virtually. And oh, for this one, you have to buy an ugly sweater. And we go and we go and we go. And I wonder if your heart, if your life was a Christmas display like my neighbor's front yard, where would Jesus be? Would he be front and center? Would he be front and center, but barely noticeable? Or would he be lost in the shuffle? Would he be covered up by other characters or, or maybe our excuses? Or would he be a 40 foot tall baby Jesus that loomed large and dominated and dwarfed every other character? You know, Isaiah's prophecy and my neighbor's front yard display, they remind me of Jesus in another way. 
You see, just as though Jesus is, is maybe unexpected and, and maybe even unnoticed, well, that's exactly how Jesus came into the world. He came into the world unexpected by many and unnoticed by most. But this is what the prophets had to say about it, that a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. From a dead stump, from the most unexpected thing, would come the long-expected Jesus, born to set his people free. From a virgin, born in a stable, placed in a manger, from the little town of Bethlehem, would come the Lord, the Lord of all. And what Isaiah wants to proclaim to you this morning is that it might come silently, silently and perhaps unexpectedly, but you can expect from this stump, from this one, will come wonderful gifts from God to you through this one. For this stump of Jesse is the Lord of all. He is your savior. And on the pages of scripture, God is shouting out proudly, let me tell you about my boy. This is who he is. We're answering these questions. Who is God's son? Isaiah tells us, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Who is God's son? He is the one upon whom the spirit sits. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. What does that mean for you? When you don't know where to go, when you don't know what else to do, when the panic, the stress, the duress, whatever it is, sets in, there's one who knows. There's one who knows you and understands you completely. There is one who has all wisdom and all understanding, and he puts it to work to act and to work for you. Because on this one also sits the spirit of counsel and might. Think about those two things together. Counsel mixed with might. Guidance mixed with power. Jesus is not just some guru who tells you good advice. He is not just some wise teacher that gives you good words to say. No, he does more than that. He takes all wisdom and all understanding. He takes all counsel and guidance and he mixes it with might. He mixes it with power and he acts for you. This is who Jesus is and this is what he does for you. This is what the son of God does. Isaiah says, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, with the breath of his lips. He will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. With the counsel of Christ, with the might of the Messiah, what does the Son of God do? He judges. He strikes the earth with the rod of his mouth. Sounds intimidating, doesn't it? But expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected from this one. Because when he judges, he doesn't judge by what he sees. He doesn't judge by what he hears. If God were to judge us by what he sees and what he hears, what we think in our minds, what we do out loud, say out loud with our actions, we'd be in hot water. 
but instead of judge us by the times that we take our focus off of him, instead of judge us by the times where we do absolutely abandon him and make a season all about him, Christless, he instead puts on his righteousness. He puts on his faithfulness and those are the lens through which he judges us. Expect the unexpected. He doesn't judge you as your sins deserve, but with him, there is full forgiveness and full redemption. He judges not by what he sees, but what he sees in Christ. Because if there's one thing that you can expect from your God, from the son of God, that he has care and compassion for those who need it most, for those who are poor and needy, those who are spiritual beggars. We need a righteousness that comes from outside of ourself. And so he goes to these beggars, he goes to you and to me, he takes the shirt off his back and he clothes us with his righteousness. That is what the Son of God does. Silently, silently, perhaps unexpectedly, you can expect that he will not judge you or condemn you, but he gives you his righteousness. And what does all that result in? Isaiah goes on to say it this way. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. The promise that God made to David to the son of Jesse, is fulfilled in Christ. He is a king, and he is a king who rules, but his kingdom is nothing that could be expected. Normally, wolves kill sheep. Normally, leopards prey on goats, and normally, lions have veal for lunch, and normally, children don't lead, and children are not safe near snakes. But in his kingdom in his kingdom that is not of this world, that is nothing like this world, the gospel rules. And all hostility, all hate, all bloodshed, all fear, all pain, well, it ceases. And the kingdom is ruled with peace. Everything that once was is restored. Everything that, well, isn't right is turned to the way it should be. That's what results from God's kingdom, right? Right, that's what we experience. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, that's right because I'm in church and I know that's the right answer, but I don't experience that peace all the time. That harmony, the way things are supposed to be, well, there's even discord amongst family and friends. And so, You might, well, think you're right if you think God does all of this talking all the time about his son, about who he is, about what he does and and what that results in, but I don't ever see it. You might seem 
like you're right, if, if you get a little jaded in your heart, like you're listening to God and you're kind of sick of it, like, like talking to a parent who keeps talking about their son over and over again, but there's nothing in it for you. You might think you're right. And you'd be in some company of a five-year-old I, I heard about recently. This young man, his dad was a pastor. And so this time of year, like all the other kids, he was getting ready to sing in the Christmas Eve service. He practiced and practiced, and it came the big night where the kids were lining up in the back of church, ready to make their entrance into church. And the boy's mother turned around and looked, looked and saw that he wasn't in line. She looked around church and he wasn't seated anywhere where they normally would sit. And so she did what any mother would do. She looked all around the church. She looked in the basement. She looked in the classrooms, but she couldn't find him anywhere. Thankfully, the the pastor and his family, they lived just across the street from the church. So they ran over there. She ran into the house. She looked and, and there he was in the living room, sitting nonchalantly, watching cartoons on the couch. After the mother gathered herself and caught her breath, she asked him, she said, why aren't you lined up with the other kids? What aren't you in church? And he answered, without looking away from the cartoons, he said, mom, I already know what dad has to say. I don't want to go to church. I don't need to go to church. All he ever says is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you know what? (laughs) He was right. This time of year where there are so many other characters competing for your attention. In this season that is go, 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 where there's deadline, where there's pressure, where there's overwhelming stress from so many different areas of our life, it's easy. It's easy even for Christians to celebrate a Christmas where Christ isn't the focus. In a year like this, in a season like this, where there isn't a whole lot of peace, but there's just polarized people and talk of a pandemic, it might be easy. It might be easy to think that there is not a king on the throne. And if there is, he must not care or he's not that good. And that's why God talks so much about his son. That's why God encourages Christians, encourages pastors to keep talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all of the time. Because he wants you to know that silently, silently, and sometimes unexpectedly, you can always expect to receive wonderful gifts from him. Isaiah put it this way. What does this mean for you? Isaiah said, in the day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. What does all of this mean for you and me personally? What does it mean that the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding of counsel and might is on Christ? What does it mean that he doesn't judge based on what he sees, but judges according to righteousness? What does it mean that this king has a kingdom and it's a kingdom of peace? It means that in that day, and Isaiah is talking about the day when the Lord will come, the day when he was born and the day when he will come again, but really every day up until then, in that day, on on any day that you feel alone, that you feel as though you're lacking justice, where you feel pain or shame, 
in any day, on that day, you can look up and you can see that there is a sign. There is a sign that stands tall and it is the son of Jesse. It is the stump of Jesse, the root of Jesse, waving high as a banner for you, for all people to rally to, for all people to gather to. And there under that sign, under his banner, you find rest for your soul. Find a place for you to know rest that is glorious, to know Christ and be known by him and know his love, to know that he doesn't condemn you, but he accepts you unconditionally because he doesn't judge, but he judges according to his righteousness, to know that his kingdom, it's not of this world and it's not made of the things of this world, but it rules in your heart through the gospel to know that Christ gives to you a resting place wherever you are in any season of life or any season of the year. And that is why I wait. I wait for the Lord with all my being, I wait. And in his word, put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than a watchman waits for the morning, more than a watchman waits for the morning. And so the way, church, put your hope in the Lord, for in him is a full forgiveness. In him is full redemption and unfailing love. For in him, he has redeemed you for all your sins. Amen.